Hello and welcome to Storytime with Bemsi, where we read stories together and talk about them. Or rather, where I read stories to you and tell you what I think about them. Today's story is The Apprentice by Odun Balogun. The narration is done in the third person by an unknown narrator and it follows a main character, Ogun Morum, on his journey to becoming a master blacksmith. We do not have a precise setting for the story, but one would assume that it's set somewhere in Nigeria. So, without any spoilers, here is The Apprentice by Odun Balogun. Ogunmola survived the ordeal of his apprenticeship thanks to his having a past. A past that traced back to Oba. Oba, his great-grandfather. Oba the illustrious, the wise ruler. Ogunmola had the choice of going to school, but he would not. He had witnessed the fate of his grandfather and this had decided his position once and for all. He was a mere child at the time. His grandfather was at the height of his glorious rule. Life was moving on meaningfully just as it had during the reign of the illustrious Oba, his father. He enjoyed the love and respect of his subjects. Peace and quiet dominated. Contentedness and accord prevailed. Then suddenly they came, uninvited. As if that was not enough, they said his grandfather did not know how to rule. His grandfather, the offspring of the illustrious Oba, one whose ability to rule in the times of poverty and riches, sedition and peace, Pestilence and health had become a legend. And that was not all. Life, they claimed, was being led not altogether the way it should. Everything had to be overhauled. A new beginning was necessary. And indeed, they started immediately to effect these changes with inhuman speed and haste. Ogunmola, a mere child, saw it all. He was confused by it, but he had no difficulty in understanding the cause of the premature death of his grandfather. He was horrified to realize that his father could not become king after his grandfather. No one would continue the rule of Oba, his illustrious great-grandfather. He himself could have no pretensions. In spite of this, they wanted him to go to school, to put his stamp on those changes and proclaim them God-sent and just. Him, Ogunmola, the great-grandchild of Oba, the wise ruler. Never, 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 never. His royal blood revolted vehemently against the suggestion to succumb to an inglorious domination, to the worship of a false god, and he was a mere child. But he had to do something. He had been born. What did it matter that the times were like this? Was that not the purpose of his birth, to make meaning of a life like this? Ogunmola took up the challenge. He decided to become a master blacksmith. His years of apprenticeship began. Life was going to be meaningful from now on, so he thought. He was mistaken. It was only then that his troubles actually began. It was hardly a year since he had been with Omotai, his master, when the latter called him aside. Ogunmola, he began in his gentle, humane voice. You know I love you like a son, and that I have the highest respect for you as an apprentice. I believe you will make my name great yet, and that is why I am grieved at what I see in your works lately. Ogunmola loved and respected his master, so it was with deep concern he heard these words. Emotions choked his voice as he said, May I know what grieves you, master? 
if it is within my power, I will do everything to alleviate it. When I look at the holes, the cutlasses, the knives, and other implements you forge, the master continued, they show no definite character. They are amorphous. However minutely I scrutinize them, they fail to reflect the lessons I have been at pains to teach you. I have repeatedly said that your aim should be to forge a hole that is both practical and cheap. What's the use of a beautiful hole if everybody, everybody cannot afford it? As things are going now, people will soon begin to say that you are the apprentice, Omotola. Thus concluded the master in a tone of the deepest regret. For Omotaya to say that the work of his apprentice resembled that from Omotola's workshop was the most serious criticism that Omotaya could ever make against anyone that studied under him. Ogunmola knew this and was troubled. He agreed essentially with his master, but he felt within himself the existence of something, something exclusively his own which he could bring to the forging of the whole that would make the whole more practical, more cheap, more attainable and more beautiful. For this reason he experimented endlessly. Little by little he approached this goal, but the closer he got to this goal, the more the holes he forged differed from those of his master. He had noticed this and was worried, but he hoped that his master would not perceive the difference. But alas, Master! Ogunmola began excusing himself. You know I'm not imitating Omotola. I'm only trying to forge holes my own way. You're talking nonsense, my boy. That's an old story. It's all they say when they are actually turning against you. But for you to do that, you, whom I love so, you. The master was overpowered with emotions and could not continue. In a moment, however, he straightened up and added in a stern, uncompromising voice. Remember, if you choose to be my enemy, don't forget. An enemy is an enemy. Ogunmola was frightened, but he managed to say, I'm not your enemy, master. He was not believed. Life subsequently became difficult for him in his master's workshop. He tried to kill his initiative. All the same, anything he forged bore a quality that was not his master's, something unmistakably his own. In the eyes of his master, however, this something showed increasing resemblance to products from Omotola's workshop. His love for his apprentice changed into dislike, and soon it matured into enmity. Explanations didn't help. They only made things worse. During this trying period, Ogunmola sought to survive the cruel reality of his apprenticeship by escaping into his past. He recollected the stories of his illustrious family as they were narrated to him by his mother. It was as if he had witnessed the events with his own eyes. Every night he dreamt of Oba, his great-grandfather, the wise ruler. He thrilled with joy in his sleep as he relieved the last heroic deed of Oba. The plague came suddenly, his mother had told him. Oba was ruling at the time. There was plenty. People were contented. Life was simple and meaningful. Then suddenly the plague. The effects were swift and disastrous. People died in hundreds. Soon it became evident that the population would be wiped out. It was then the wise men consulted the oracles. The spirit of the land has been offended. An unusual atonement demanded. A man must sacrifice himself in explanation. No influence exerted. The choice completely voluntary. Sole motivation. 
individual's love for the people, otherwise, the spirit would not be appeased. Thus spoke all the oracles. For a long time, nobody volunteered. People began dying in thousands. It was then, early one morning, that Oba, the wise ruler, the beloved of his subjects, called his family together. He hugged everyone with tender emotions and then announced his intentions. Words spread like a wildfire. Dissuasions increased every second. The population consulted together and sent a delegation. It is not enough that we should die like chickens. Must we also be left without a ruler? And a ruler like you? We would rather die than lose you. These and many more were the words spoken. Oba would not be dissuaded. It was a gloomy afternoon. Sorrow was in every heart. Fear written on every face. Oba the illustrious, the wise ruler, walked calmly towards the hill. Absolute silence reigned in the crowd of grieving subjects escorting the beloved ruler on his last journey. The gloomy silence was frequently pierced by heart-rending wailings that gushed forth from the desolate houses on the route. The bereaved mourned the dead. Almost at every step, someone from the procession, who only a moment ago had been most actively alive, would suddenly stiffen and drop stone dead, like a rotten dry wood blown down by the wind. Sorrow in every heart, fear on every face. Oba hastened his steps. Soon he was at the edge of the precipice. Unspeakable fear gripped everyone as the wise ruler jumped the hill. He vanished without a trace into the bottomless abyss. The spirit of the land was pacified. A new life began. Your grandfather assumed the throne. He followed in the footsteps of Oba, his illustrious father, your great-grandfather, the pride of the land. Once again, the land knew splendor. Subjects enjoyed plenty and comfort. Life was simple and meaningful. And suddenly they came, uninvited. You know the rest of the story, my son. Thus concluded his mother, her voice sad. His mother had died seven years ago, but the recollection of this story made him feel as if she was once again alive, as if he himself was once more a six-year-old carefree child. He was happy, relieved by the knowledge that life had once been meaningful, that once there had been a king who knew how to rule that one day there might yet be another. These thoughts were Ogunmala's succor in the trying days of his apprenticeship. Omotaye soon got to hate him bitterly. Without a certificate testifying to the completion of his apprenticeship, Ogunmala could not practice. This, even though he felt he had acquired enough of the basics on which he could build to become a great master himself. Thus he found himself on the other side of the river knocking on Omotala's door. Hey, see who is here. Come in. Come right in. Haven't I always said that you were welcome in my house? Yes, really. I'm not actually surprised. Isn't it common knowledge that Omotaya is mad? I'm happy it happened, though. I have always dreamt of having an apprentice like you. With me, it will be completely different. You'll be free to forge any kinds of holes, cutlasses, knives, and other implements exactly the way you like. Absolutely free. Of course, 
Who would think of forging a hole that is not durable as well as being beautiful? People know they are buying quality and, naturally, they are prepared to pay something extra. Why worry about every Tom, Dick and Harry? Where is the guarantee that even if the dick could afford our hole, that he'll make good use of it? So you see, you're welcome. Come right in. This was how Ogunmola was received by Omotola, the arch enemy of Omotaye, his former master. Ogunmola understood the condition of his acceptance, but he also knew that he had been promised freedom. However, a year had hardly gone by when Omotola called him for an explanation. I have given you sufficient time to get rid of all that nonsense with which Omotaye had stuffed your head. Apparently, you're not in a hurry. Perhaps you don't even intend to. Yes, yes, I quite understand. Far more than you suppose. You all say that even at the very moment you're going against one. But it's an old game, my boy, and the answer is as old as the Bible. You cannot serve two masters, so you're either for me or against me, and it's time you declared your stand. Again, life became bitter for Ogun Molam. What was he to do? He had sought to safeguard his honor by refusing to go to school, but had ended up making things more difficult. And all because in this cruel time, it was enough to be caught in the family quarrels of strangers to be denied one's dignity, one's rights. Omotaye and Omotola, as rumor had it, were twins. Identical twins. One was as tall and athletic as the other, as healthy and boisterous as the other, as courageous and ambitious as the other, as talented and hardworking as the other, as tempered and diplomatic as the other, as good a master as the other. One could go on forever enumerating the points of similarity. Yet these twins would be the very first to deny the existence of any such similarities, of any kind of relationship. They had never known each other from Adam. Didn't you study geography? How could you possibly confuse someone who lives on this side of the river with the one on the other side? Can't you recognize the signs of the time? Then, why won't you differentiate between the road that leads forward into the future and the one that goes backward into the past? The arguments were inexhaustible. Ogunmola heard it all and was at a loss to explain that it was his least desire to serve as an arbiter in a family quarrel, that he did not want to be caught in the crossfire between two brothers, that his sole desire was to be a smith, a simple smith, forging hoes his own way and dreaming of Oba, the wise ruler, his grandfather when the going was tough. Was that asking too much? Ogunmola could not tell. He knew only that this was a trying time and he wished he would survive it. The End The first impression that I had after reading the story is that Ogunmola is actually a very independent person. We see him refuse to go to school, which is presumably the path that was expected of him, but instead decide to become a blacksmith. And we also see that there is an independence in the quality of his work with both of his masters. We see him in interesting, difficult relationships with two mentors, uh, Omotai and Omotola, where his work displeases both of them. He needs certification from at least one of them in order to be able to work independently, but he is unable to get it because neither of his mentors is able to identify with his work. Both mentors try to change him and make his work reflect them, but they are unable to. Even though the narrator doesn't say this explicitly, it's possible that it may be because his work is better than theirs and what they are seeing as a reflection of 
the other person's work is just work of superior quality to theirs. At the end of the story, the narrator tells us something quite interesting about Ogunmola's mentors, that they are, in fact, identical twins. But for some reason, which we are not told, they do not like each other and they are focused on the tiny things which differentiate them. I think that this is quite a common pattern in life in general. The most bitter fights are usually between people who share a lot in common. Anyways, that's it for today's story. As usual, I encourage you to read the stories for yourself in your spare time. If you like this episode or have any comment, please do not hesitate to get in touch. And until next time, I have been your host, Bemsey.